Good morning. All right, and I want you to look at your neighbors, and I want you to say this to your neighbors this morning. We got to do better about being ready. We got to do better about being ready. Okay. Tommy sets y'all up. Y'all do know that, right? That's why he does the pre-service. That way you can look. That's why we have televisions on. And those televisions, when the countdown comes on, it starts telling you when service starts. Look at your neighbor and say, Pastor's going to be picking this morning. Um, I got woke up at 3.35 this morning. Anybody else get up at 3.35 this morning? No. Tommy, you're lying. Man, I can't believe... Pat, were you up at 3.35? You go to bed about 2.30. Yeah, no, I got up at 3.35. <laughs> but, um, and I, I woke up from a dream, and I don't recall the entire dream, but I know it woke me up, and I know it dealt with Jacob. And uh, I tossed and turned for the next couple hours. I just went ahead and got up before my alarm went off and jumped in the shower and come on to church. But we're going to start a series. And I've already titled the series for Tommy so he can leave me alone. <laughs> and, uh, but it's entitled Uncommon Identity. And... Uh, the more and more I'm reading on this, I wanted to start in a certain area this morning, but I'm, I ended up going to another place. But we're going to, I think we're going to be inside of um, the Jacob and Israel theme, um, but I'm pretty sure that we'll bounce back and forth in different um, arenas in, the, in Scripture. And I don't know how long this is going to last, but there is an identity crisis that we are fighting and uh we we as christian people and if you've seen my my facebook post this morning this is one of the hardest things that i battle in my walk with christ is my identity i mean i, I don't know if y'all feel the same way about yours and and and, and I, I don't know what you struggle with but I, i'm pretty sure that your identity is is probably i would say it's in the top three of your struggle with your walk with Christ. You may not think so, but if we talk for a minute, I promise you that what you struggle with is coming out of your identity or your lack of or your misconception of or the reality of. So we're going to talk about this this morning. and I'm, I'm jittery, and uh, so I know it's going to be all right. I like it when I get jittery because I'm sitting here now and I'm trying to figure out how to open. Make you act like you just come out of a funeral. I bet you. 
I bet you, before it's over, you're going to recognize Jesus for who he was in your life. And it ain't going to matter what's going on. It ain't going to matter what anybody is saying or what the world is doing. You're going to find a way to praise him anyhow. Sometimes God needs to let our feet get a little closer to the fire. Come on, church. He need, because, see, we don't, that's our problem. This is the problem with humanity. We don't recognize salvation without pain. That's right. Come on. Oh, you think because he paid the price, and it is because he paid the price. But why can't we rejoice in that, that he paid the price? Because we don't know the pain, we don't know the suffering. We have no clue what it is to be in hell. When we do, and we recognize that he pulled us out of it, if you don't praise him, the rocks will do it for you. What a sad day that will be when he looked and said, hey, that rock cried out when you should have. Man, it's... Serving God isn't, I don't know how to express it. Serving God and rejoicing that he saved your life should be all that matters to you. Yeah, every once in a while we're going to get crazy. And now that I got more time, we could probably get crazier. See, y'all have messed up and then allowed the pastor to have some free time to himself. And that's when God lets his creative juices start flowing. Amen. You got your Bibles? Let's go to work. I got a job to do this morning. If you got your Bibles, let's go to Genesis chapter 28. Tommy, I cut you off at uh, verse 17. Just go ahead and take me to 22. Um, we might get all the way through it. We might not. I know this is going to end up being a series. I just don't know how many Sundays will be in this text. It just all depends on how tired I get while I'm preaching. The Holy Spirit be my strength. Y'all might be here till three or four this evening. <laughs> Did you bring you some nabs in your pocketbook? Okay, she got snacks. As long as she's got snacks, we're okay. You don't keep a pregnant woman without food. (laughs) Not unless you want to get your legs broke. Ask me how I know. All right. Let me set this up and then we'll get into Scripture. I've told you that I, I struggle. And, and I'm probably, I'm preaching this for me this morning because he ministered to me in my dream. <laughs> I'm just giving you some overflow. But I struggle with my identity in my walk with Christ. And some of it, if I'm not careful, I find myself placing blame on who God has called me to be and who God wants me to be. I place the blame on why I'm not on who I was. 
I'll elaborate. I might be free today, but I was addicted then. I might be married now, but I wasn't then. All right, I'll come down everybody's driveway this morning just so you can feel the way I feel. There are things in our life that we will utilize as our excuses to keep from becoming who God has called us to. And we're going to find out in Scripture that God is relentless. If you'll hang with me through the series, you'll because I'm not sure we'll get to that this morning. But God is relentless in his promises. If God spoke a word, the Bible says, if I said it, will I not perform it? Somebody can hit this AC. Because I see you sweating. I'm already sweating. Can I hit it? I'll hit it. Bless the Lord. Now I got it. Just just have a seat. I'm going to turn this thing down, Charlie. When I see y'all's teeth chattering, I'll turn it back up. I'm sweating. If you'd have been praising Jesus, you might have been sweating too. Never shh, stop. Anyway, we we have this tendency to turn back and we we look at who we were before and we say that we're not good enough now. God, I, I know I heard you. Anybody ever been in your closet and you just know that God heard you? God, I know I heard you. I know what you said to me. And I know what you're asking of me. But it ain't your but God. This is a but God excuse. Not a but God happened. It's a but God can't happen. Because we're tying his hands. Boy, never mind. I'll go down a rabbit trail. I better leave that alone. But we will focus on how we were raised, what happened to us in our childhood. We'll, we'll, we'll look at on things that we don't have, that we need in order to accomplish what he's called. We, we look at every opportunity not to follow what God wants us to do. We're going to find this morning that there are times... We struggle with the obedience. (laughs) We will struggle with the obedience of our steps. Because we deem one thing and God said another. How many of you, I mean... You know, I'm not going to point nobody out on camera or anything. Are we still videoing? Hi, Facebook, everybody, whatever. I might cut you off this morning. <laughs> but we all struggle with something internally, I think. And, and it, you know, yours may not be as bad as others or their. Yours might be worse than others or whatever. However you want to classify yourself. If you need to be holier than thou to make yourself feel good, then you do what you need to do. I'm just telling you that we all struggle and that we all fall short. We will never, if it, was up, if it was up to us to measure up to what God has called us to, we're never going to hit it. But aren't you glad that he said, I'm going to go and it's better for you that I do. Because when I go, 
Father, he going to send you somebody just like me. You got your own personal Jesus walking with you. Well, you better look at your, look at your name and say, I got my own Jesus walking with me. Because he, he has sent somebody just like himself to walk with you. And see, guess what? This is the same person, but he's many people. The same Holy Spirit you got that keeps you from smacking me is the same Holy Spirit I got to keep from smacking you. I got to make sure they're alive and awake. But we will struggle with everything that God wants us to do because of what we don't have in order to get it done. And we're going to find out about Jacob throughout some of this throughout some of this series. And I'm sure there's going to be others that's going to be put in here. But I want to focus on Jacob this morning because just like Jacob, we all face a crossroads in our life. We, we, all fall, we all face a transitional point in our life. In order to become, we have to be done in order to become. We, we got to go from where we are to where we need to be. There's a transition. There's a crossroads in our life. Somewhere we have to make a decision whether or not we're going to continue with the journey or we're just packing up and we're done. There's a cross, every one of you have a crossroads. Some of you are fighting a crossroads even this morning. You don't know if you want to do this anymore or not. Yeah. Oh, I keep doing it. I keep coming and I keep and I keep and ain't nothing. Can I tell you? Oh, boy, I can't wait to get into scripture. Let's go. Look. Now, Jacob. Now, this is after, this is after him and <laughs> poor Jacob. Jacob's on the run because he's. He's a little scared. Big brother Esau had messed up and sold his birthright for a bowl of beans. Well, can I tell you to be careful? Don't don't you make an eternal an internal? Um, how do I want to put this? Don't make an eternal decision based on a temporary circumstance. He was hungry and he said, "Here's my birthright. Give me a bowl of beans because that means more to me now." That come on. We've, look, we've all done it. We've all have made a decision based on our circumstance, not paying attention to what's coming. I'm going to leave because I don't feel right. You don't, you don't make me smile no more. I, I grew out of love. I fell out of love. You didn't fall out of love. You fell into stupidity. That's what you fail to. You don't fall out of love. Are you kidding me? Jesus is our example. He ain't never fell out of love with me. Matter of fact, he, he gets up and sings songs over me. Don't be jealous. But he sings over me, Charlie. He's got a song. Can't wait to hear it. Now Jacob went out of Beersheba and went toward Haran. See, this is, all right, yeah, we probably ain't going to get through all 22 of these. Beersheba, if I can take you back like into chapter 21 with Abraham. Abraham dug a well. And Beersheba, Beersheba actually means the, 
the well of sevenfold. It's a sevenfold covenant. It's the well of sevenfold covenant. This is, this is where Abraham, make sure I get Amalek or something. Let me make sure. I, Abimelech. I knew it was somebody like that. But him and King Abimelech, they make this covenant. And they make this covenant over Abraham giving up sevenfold or giving him seven lamb and telling him that this is to consummate this covenant that he dug this well. Because, see, he was in this battle because he told Abimelech that his guys stole the well. And Abraham said, uh-uh, 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 I dug this well. So they make this covenant. Well, this is where Beersheba comes from. This is what that name means. It's a well of a sevenfold covenant. I'm going somewhere. Just hang on. You've got to get educated sometime. You can't leave church stupid all your life. I'm joking. Anyway. So Beersheba, here, here, here is Jacob in Beersheba. Just like, just like many of us. We find our place in this covenant. In this well, if you will. In this place of provision if you will, in this, in this place of wetness. You know, this place that God is providing for us and we just think all of His promises are being fulfilled right here where we are. We are in Beersheba and now all of a sudden we're going to walk away from Beersheba. Remember, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord and now we're leaving Beersheba and we're going to Haran. Oh, i got to tell you what Haran is. It's a dry place. place of lack place where things get hard in life see if you were like me and I'm sure you are if God was to pull you out of a place of provision and take you to a place of dryness you would say that's not God come on church don't get holy on me Man, when we look at the hard spots in life, we know without a shadow of a doubt, that ain't God. This is where we struggle with this transition in our life. See, God is trying to take us to a place of blessing <laughs> that's above what we're experiencing now, but the only way we're going to get there is through that. Okay, let me. I might not even get past the first scripture. If if God was, if all God was able to do was tend to you in the midst of your blessings, God could never achieve what His purpose is for your life. Because you get so caught up and you get so complacent in where you are, you don't think there's anything else you have to change. See, just because you're able to sleep at night and the demons ain't fighting with you, you, you think, well, I'm good. You better be careful. You might want to actually look at that again. Because if you, well, Satan will leave the people alone that he's already got. Come on. If he ain't got you, he's coming for you. Look, I'm, he, 
He wants to strip your mind of everything that you think you are in Christ. And if God leaves us in this place of complacency, he can't fix the issues within us because of the denial in which we set in. <laughs> See, if everything's going right, you don't have to change anything. Boy. God is more concerned with your character than he is your comfort. Right? Look, if you think God is all about how you feel and you're comfortable and everything in your easy chair, in your lazy boy, Tommy. Oh, I'm going to call all three of you out this morning. In, in your lazy boy and everything in life is going good, man, this has got to be God. AC blowing cold. Kitty cat on your lap. Purring away. Mama bringing food. You think you're you think you there. And God's going, man, if I could just get you to understand you've got some bitterness I need to work on. If I could get you to understand that you've got an ego that I need to work on. If I could get you to understand. I ain't picking on just me and I'm talking to you wives too. Because you think just because you can eat ice cream and watch Facebook and your husband's serving you, everything's all good. That ain't the case sometimes. Every once in a while, God needs to make your husband go somewhere, and you got to get up and get your own stuff so he can work on something. God's working on his people. We're in a season that God is in this transitional, this, this pivotal moment in the kingdom, in the church. And he's trying to separate the lukewarms. You're going to have to make a decision in a crossroads. See, God's got something for you, but you have to make a decision to go. Will you just stand right there where you're at the whole time? And go, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Maybe tomorrow, not today. I done made half of you mad already because I done just said everything that you've been saying. Oh, I want to serve God, but just not all the way. Holy Spirit, you're going to have to do the work now. I think I've already stoked the fire. <laughs> I'm going to serve Jesus my way. You serving your way. It's a false gospel. You don't, you don't serve a king however you choose to serve a king. You can't even go to the king's chamber unless he calls for you. I'm just, look, I'm talking to you sinners. That want to think that you can just wake up in the morning and go pray to Jesus to help you out on a job interview. And you ain't served him but a second in your whole life. And you're, you're mandating something of a king. You run up into the king's chambers. And you said, I need your help. 
they take your head off. You better be called. Well, how's that? The Spirit will call you. When the Spirit calls you to God, you better answer up. You better humble yourself before the King. See, y'all don't want to hear the tough stuff. Y'all like the, y'all like the slow, easy stuff. I want to give you the tough stuff. You don't do it the way you want to do it. You go do it the way he wants you to do it, or you ain't going to do it at all. This is God. Now, if Scripture said he got you in the palm of his hand, you think it's just you? Or you think it's all of us? Probably all of us. That's a pretty big hand, ain't it? And you go tell him what you're going to do. Jacob leaves Beersheba and goes to Haran. A dry place. See, this is where God's got to work on you internally. See, you don't know, you don't know really who you are. I'm coming after you, Christian. You don't really know who you are until you've been put in a situation that presses what's in you out. Let me bring it down here so the ones that don't understand can understand. God will put you in a place to show you that you hateful. He will put you in a place to show that you carry unforgiveness. He'll put you in a place where you find out whether he is your Lord or not. You know, when you cuss out the person bagging your groceries. Or you go to Kroger's, oh, as little as this. You go to Kroger's and you leave your cart out in the middle of a parking spot. Because you won't put it back. Because you're lazy. Come, 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 come on. How do you go act like everybody else and call yourself something different? God's got some work to do in us. And the only way that we're going to get any of this stuff worked out in us is to take his steps. Quit being so defilement or, 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 or defiling everything that he's wanting you to do. And you just. God's trying to take you. He's wanting to bless you. That's what. I'm going to have to read. Do I need, I need to read the context and come back, Donna, because I want you to follow me. I mean, I know where I'm going because I've read it. Let, let, let's do that. Let me, y'all pray for me that I get through this. And then I'm going to come back and pick up where I just left off, okay? Now, Jacob, oh, <laughs> sorry, I went back to Genesis 21. Now I'm back. Now, Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. Ooh, and it's dark. He's taking you to a dry, dark place. That can't be God. God will never put me there. Oh. Okay, all right, I'm sorry. Y'all don't want to let me stop. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he laid down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven. 
And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. He was blessing him. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Oh, I want to, I'm trying, I'm trying, I want to. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put in his head. He set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. God's taken Jacob somewhere. He's trying, he's trying to get him out of one place, get him into somewhere else so that he can work on some internal things. Come on, Jacob. He was the heel snatcher. He was the old trickster. See, Jacob was living a life. He was living in an identity in which he was named. How many of you are walking around living a life based on what your parents have called you? You're stupid. You'll never be anything. Better stop telling your children that. They're the head, not the tail. Blessed going out. Blessed coming in. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the fields. That's who, that's who Coulter is. I haven't called it out. Boy, I, ain't, I ain't giving up on that. I'll pray over that boy. But I'm telling you, God is trying to pull us out of some places. Stop being so rebellious in your ideology and thinking that where you are is where God's got you and there is no other place. This is a place of comfort and provision and peace. Surely God don't want me to go there. And God's going, I got something inside of you that needs to break. And if I can break that, I'm going to take you to a place, not only are you going to be blessed, 
but your seed. Not only will you be blessed, but you'll see it. Man, he gets there, and the Bible said that it was dark. The sun had went down. Anybody ever been in a dark place? A dry, dark season in your life? And you don't know where to go. You have no answers. You don't know what to do. Can I, can I just help you with this scripture? Because we've already read through it. And we know what's going to take place. Can I tell you that if you end up in a dry, dark place. Would you please lend your ear to the Holy Spirit? Because he wants to tell you something. See, it's not until you get to the... See, he hadn't known, he hadn't known this God the way that God is showing him. Right now, he's thinking that God is the God of Abraham, and he's taking care of all, and, and now here I am. God's got to get you in these places to where now you turn your head to him because, oh, whoo, it goes much deeper. He took a rock. I brought it in <laughs> on purpose. But he took a rock and placed it at his head, and he went to sleep. Well, can I tell you, when you were able to rest in the hard things, he will reveal himself to you in ways you've never seen. We strive too much, man. When we get to these dry, dark places, these hard we strive too much. We got to put our hands on it. We got to do it. We have to fix it. And we want God to bless what we're doing. And God's saying, if you'll just rest in the hard stuff. If you'll just lay your, lay your head. Be so determined that you're willing to put your head on the hard stuff and go to sleep. And if you'll rest in me, I'll expose myself to you. In ways that are grander than you ever dreamed. Can you imagine laying your head on your trouble and resting that God is going to handle it. And as soon as you close your eyes, God opens up heaven and lets you start seeing the angels coming down, ascending or descending and going up, ascending. He said they were going up and down. God's got so much for you that the angels, angels have to make multiple trips. See, you don't believe it. You, 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 you've been so tied up in your bondage of having just enough to get by. You don't believe that his abundance is waiting for you. What is his is yours in Christ. So don't be arrogant. Don't think you deserve it. Don't think you earned it. It was a gift. But he said, man, if I can get you just to rest a moment and just, just hang on, just, just lay down and rest, I'll take care of it. Anybody need God to fix it? Even though you've already tried it and you failed miserably, 
you still need God to fix it. Get out the way. Lay your head down on a rock. Oh, the rock. On which I stand. I'm scared to get on it, Mike. Yeah, I ain't getting on that. Would you be willing to rest in your problem? I mean, this, this guy's having an issue. He's running from his brother. He doesn't want this to happen. And he comes to this place to where it's dry and dark and hard. And he can still, huh, I love that part. Let me catch up to that one. I want you to. We, we've surpassed that God has exposed himself to him and has talked to him. And, and, and this is, I love this promise. See, you, you've got to remember, listen, you have to remember these promises. Not because it ain't in verse 2 that you get a promise and in verse 3 it's fulfilled. Sometimes it takes some chapters. <laughs> Come on, church. Sometimes it takes chapters, Michelle. Sometimes it may even take books. Come on. I mean, if you want to live by the page and you want to live by the verse, I'm going to help you. Sometimes your promise given in Genesis isn't fulfilled until Revelation. Come on, church. Quit looking for everything to pop up, right? It ain't a jack in the box. I don't know what that is. And pop. Sometimes it's going to seem like it's a broken record and it keeps going. And whatever. Have you ever played with one of them things and they just get jagged? And you go in there and you go in there and, and you throw it and then it goes ding. Really? See, it's not until you're willing to, oh, it's not until you're willing to let go. How do you take a jack-in-the-box and make it spiritual? <laughs> Look, he, 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 he begins to tell Jacob, Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go. See, he's letting him know, Jacob, you're not going to do everything right. There's going to be places you go that you shouldn't go. I'm going to be with you. There's going to be places that you do exactly what I tell you to do and I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to ever leave you and I'm going to make sure that whatever I told you is going to come to pass. Man, don't you want to hold on... Anybody else need a promise like that in their life other than me? This must have been just, I should have stayed at home and stayed in the basement and preached on the couch. I done got excited by myself. Look, I, I ain't going to tell you all my stories, but there was times I'd preach to pillows and cry. Charlie, I'm telling you the God's truth. Because I was so scared of preaching. Man, I'd have to practice that sermon 55 times in three days <laughs> and sometimes it just busts loose man and I would feel the anointing and I begin to weep and cry I'm pre boy I preached them pillows those things was anointed <laughs> whoever laid their head on them things boy got filled with the Holy Spirit but it, I did but anyway but won't he do it man he I ain't got time to get in all that. Actually, this is a series. I've got as much time as I want. 
I ain't trying to spill all this in one day. Surely, look at this. After God had come to him and after, after he had seen God in a dream and after God had promised him, then he awoke and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. I wonder how many times you've went through the hard, dry places and God was there, but you didn't know it. I don't mean to point. It's just the Judy child. Never mind. Some of you know what I'm talking about. How many of you have been there? Man, it was the toughest... It was the toughest moment of your life, and you couldn't recognize God. Oh, I just went right back, so I already know. But you didn't even see God. Not, not because you was living in sin and didn't see. You, you loved the Lord with all that was in you, but you was in a dry dark place and it was hard and you didn't think that God would ever be in such a place but God at that point was making something out of you he was taking something out and putting something he said I'll replace a heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh he's got to take you to a dry dark hard place sometimes but thanks be to God when he does didn't even know he was there God, how, how could you have been there? <laughs> how could you have been there? And the whole time he said, I promised you, I'll never leave you. I'll always be with you, even in the moments you think. Boy, I love it when God transitions me. Yeah, I get mad, but I still love it. I'm like that two-year-old running through Walmart, and Mama got him by the ear. I don't want to go, but I'm going anyway because it's hurting. But after I get there, I'm so thankful that God didn't allow my egotistical, stuck-up, self-righteous holier-than-thou-are attitude keep me from a blessing that he so desired to open up to me. Some of you are there now. Some of you are sitting at a crossroads. That Haran, it means crossroads too. Some of you are sitting. Isn't it funny that the mountain of God in the Bible was Horeb and it meant dry place. Isn't it funny that everywhere you find the dry spots in the word, God was speaking. Oh, never mind. Stop. We'll rewind. Now we're going to play that again. God's talking to you all the time. But you get too comfortable. 
You stop hearing him. And he said, nah, I got to get you out of the white noise. I got, I got to get you, I got to get you from out of the cave and bring you out here on the edge of the mountain so that you can hear me. Boy, if we would only just listen. Anybody ever has something told them and they didn't listen and now they go, wish I'd have listened. That's, I could have just preached that right there at Dennis and left it all alone, right? We didn't even have to go any further. We didn't have to go through all of that. But he says, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And in this hard place, Please hear this, church. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Okay. Let me work this a minute. And then I'm turning Facebook off because we have an intimate moment. How can a man say that in the midst of trouble... In the midst of dryness, no provision. In the midst of darkness, no wisdom, no light, no nothing going on in their life. How can a man say, surely this is the house of God? Because, Charlie, the only place that we will ever let God live in our life is when we need him the most. See, man, when life is good, you don't need him. When everything is going your way, why call on him? I don't need him. Everything's good. And Jacob got a, an epiphany. <laughs> don't ask me how to spell it. He got woke. <laughs> a different way. He was able to recognize something. Even where he didn't think God was because he didn't see him. Now he said, surely this is the house of God. And if God will, oh, we're going to go. He said, and if God will do this for me now and on my way, I'll serve him. He's saying, if God will take care of me in this dry place, in this dark time of my life, in this hard part that I can't seem to control or get by, if he'll take care of that, I'll serve him. Well, he made a covenant. He didn't say, God, if you'll do this, I'll serve you. He was making a proclamation 
a declaration. He said, if, look, if he going to be that bad the rest of the time like he was just now, the gates of heaven. It, and, and that isn't that, that is almost, man, I wish I had a, a broader vocabulary, a vocabulary. Here again, he's saying that this is the gate of heaven. He's saying that the, this is where the blessings are coming down. This is where the help's coming from. This is where God's showing up. This is where I'm being ministered to. And see, if we would just allow him to be that revealing in our everyday life, how much more easier would it be for us to walk our crossroads in life? That transition point, instead of holding on, because, listen, I'm not going to single you. I ain't going to single anybody out. So I'm going to go like this. Pew, pew. Shoot, get all of you. <laughs> if you will start letting God. And stop holding on to your precious temporary moment in life. You'll see God more. You'll experience the gates of heaven open more in your life than you ever dreamed possible. But you are going to have to let go. You can't fix it. You aren't going to stop it. He said, I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. He's going to do it. Will you believe him? It ain't going to happen in verse 22. It might happen in Matthew 4, 21. But he's going to do what he's saying. See, it, it ain't going to happen today for everybody. Because some of you, even this morning, will refuse. Because you're not really sure if you want to surrender totally. Oh, you're, you're willing to serve him on a Sunday for a couple hours and everything's okay, but are you willing to serve him under persecution? Will you call him Jesus, Lord, the Messiah, over your life in the troubled times? Or will you deny him just like Peter? Too many of us will keep dragging this 
I just seen a bed sheet knotted up on four corners and it had a big old ball in the middle of it and just dragging it because that's all the stuff that we're going to hold on to in our life. We want to keep holding on to that. Because Charlie, if I, if I let, if I go back there and I let them out, I'm not going to have any friends. See, if I, if I, if I stop taking that now, God, I won't have no provision. See, if I, if, I won't, if I won't let go, I'll be hung up in a religion for the rest of my life and won't understand nor ever experience freedom. I'll be bound the rest of the days of my life. See, I don't know about you. I, I'm tired of even holding my hand up like that. Much less try to drag something around. I'd rather just so much easier on my shoulder but God's telling you to let go there's some things in your life that's keeping you bound you don't even realize it some of you do some of you realize that it is keeping you bound but you still some of you don't understand how it's keeping you bound but instead of letting it go to see the freedom, this is a transitional moment. If this wouldn't have happened with Jacob, I'd almost say we'd never see a name change. See, this come before his name was changed. See, he got a promise, he got a blessing before the blessing. Oh, we're going to get to it. He, he reminded him. Oh, never mind. See, if you please lend your ear to the Holy Spirit. He's trying to speak something into you now that you can feed off of in a soon to come. You can sit here this morning and you can be nonchalant and thinking you don't need any of this. Can I tell you, you keep living you gonna need that word, but we too, we too bad. We got this, man. Can't nobody stop up. You ain't supposed to high five me on that. <laughs> He'll never do it again. <laughs> God's trying to take you somewhere. Will you hear Him? Will you obey Him? By Facebook, by YouTube. Verse 18. Then Jacob rose early in the morning. And he took the stone that he had put his head set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it.
he took the hardest thing he could have found. And that's what he chose to rest on. What area in your life is hard right now? What do you struggle with? Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially? You, you fill in the blank this morning. What's your hard spot? What are you struggling to do this morning? What are, what are you struggling every day that you wake up to keep holding on to the faith? That you keep contemplating. He said that he took that which he laid his head on and went to sleep on. And he raised it as a pillar. See, there's some times in your life that God's not going to let you get over on something privately. Because that which he wants you to overcome is for someone else's eyes. Sometimes he wants you to say, I'm addicted and I need to be broken. Sometimes he needs you to say, I'm an alcoholic and I need to be broken. Sometimes he, I'm addicted to porn. I need to be broken. Sometimes, some, I'm not telling you, don't get scared and don't stop. Listen to me. You will know when God wants you to stand your stone up, your hard place, and make it a pillar. I'm not right now trying to set you up. I'm not going to make you come up here and turn this rock up and pour oil on it and say, I'm addicted to porn and I need to be broken or I'm addicted to whatever and I need to be, or I'm a sinner or I'm a this or I'm a that and I need, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you now, if you will rest on your hard place and give it to God, if you can find it in you, in that dry lonely, dark place that you're in right now, if you can find it in you to rest on it, I promise you that he'll get you through it. There's somewhere else he's trying to take you, but you won't go. Jacob woke up. Don't get all tore up. It's just oil. And I got plastic underneath that. But he took that thing in his life that kept him in fear and in bondage and he set it up as a pillar oh he set it up as a pillar 
It's for a memorial for you. It's for a reminder for you that no matter how hard it gets, no matter how dark it becomes, no matter how dry it may seem, his oil. Oh, he's pouring out a fresh oil for somebody this morning. It's a fresh oil. What is it you're trying to break in your life? Where do you need God? You willing to get it? You willing to rest? See, this will be the pillar that you'll go back to anytime something else rears its ugly head in your life. See, this is why I believe he laid his head on the hardest thing. See, if we can, if we can learn to deal with the hardest things first, how much easier will the next thing be for us to, to overcome or to, to rest in God? Tommy, do something for me, okay? Do something for me. Look, I don't want you to be embarrassed this morning. And Tommy, just give me, just, I don't want no attention on them. Turn out all the center lights. Just turn your side lights up. You're sitting in here this morning. And it's, listen, I'm, I'm smart enough and I'm wise enough to know this. Not everybody is going to, to react to the call. Not everybody is going to hear the call when it's there. Because it just may not be your timing. And I get that. But this I know for sure. Every one of you this morning have something. And you're in a season of a transition. I promise you. Dawn, if you could break that one thing. If it don't, you don't have to crumble it. If you can break it, if you can crack it, anybody ever been riding around on a glass boat? You just get a crack in it, sooner or later it's going to sink. Get a crack in it, and God will bless you beyond measure. He'll take, I'm, church, listen, I, he will take you somewhere different. And he will bless you more than you'll ever know. You, you have to hear this. You have to hear this. Um, I don't know when it was. don't know if it was a Sunday. don't know if it was a Wednesday. I think it was a Wednesday. Or was it a Sunday? I don't know. Sunday or a Wednesday. And we had talked about a ladder. And I'd seen that ladder. And it was as if somebody was standing on that ladder with their hand out. Do y'all remember this? When we were talking about this? You know, sometimes God will give you stuff. And you think you have full understanding, but you really don't. But he'll let you, he'll let you pull on that. 
and then he'll come back and give you a full revelation of it? Well, that night I spoke of that ladder and Debbie, as disobedient as she is, because she doesn't always listen to me. Your first lady, your pastor Debbie, she hears and sees from God all the time too. I'm just letting y'all know, she just doesn't, she holds it. Um, it was that it was on a Sunday because it was in the afternoon. It was during praise and worship on a Sunday. And she was over there during praise and worship. And she had seen this ladder. But she had seen a little bit more clear. Boy, isn't it amazing how God will use your wife to humble you. Can I tell you that every once in a while I need minister to. And when your wife ministers to you, it humbles you. But she, she had seen that ladder too, and she didn't say nothing. She said, "I just didn't. I didn't know if it was just for me. I, I didn't." And I'm, I'm trying to tell her, "Listen, please do me a favor. God begins to share with you. I want you to share with the people." But later on in that service, it was at the end of altar service. I seen the same ladder. I didn't know she had seen it. And I brought the ladder out and I spoke of the ladder. Y'all remember? And we were talking about being helped up that ladder. And at first I thought that hand that was reaching down off of that ladder was, was God trying to pull us up. And that's where I left that because I... We were going home. And that's when she decided that she wanted to surprise her husband and tell her husband that she saw the same ladder, but it was during praise and worship. She said that she thought it was us. Trying to reach back for y'all. to pull you up so you have to know some of the history but you also have to know how God is with you God doesn't want you sitting in the same place tomorrow he wants to set you in higher places if you'll let him so she was just sitting there and I told y'all this was probably for me and I could have preached it myself in the bedroom and she just told me, she confirmed it, that it was for me. I'll have to give you scripture because if I don't, you're going to think something totally wrong. She just walked up to me and she began ministering to me.
Um, gosh, man. You read the same scripture, right? Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. This wasn't our church. And we ended up here. And what she just said just it rattled my feet because I know the significance in it. And she said, those angels that are walking up and down the ladder are me and you for the people in this house. The Bible says that angels are appointed over you. It's talking about preachers, pastors, teachers, bishops, apostles, all those other names, okay? That's, and you can look at, it's in scripture, and it talks about the angels, because remember in Revelation when there was a letter sent to the seven churches, it always addressed the angel. The angel was the overseer of the house. So there is your, there's your foundation for that remark so that you don't think that we're trying to, to do anything stupid. But she just said that we were those angels. And we were going up and down those ladders. And we were put here to help you up. We were put here to bring things from God to you. And to take you to places in God. If you'll let us. If you'll let us. She said, it's going to be hard. But I brought you to this land. I brought you back to this land. It's going to be hard, Rocky. You've got a lot of work cut out. But in the hard things, In the hard things, I'll rest. Do you know what God has for you? I want to see the whites of their eyes. Tommy, turn the lights on. Because you might get called out this morning. I want to see the whites of their eyes. Do you know what God has for you? And, I, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not asking that as a, as a, a loose-fitting question 
for everyone to put on. I'm, I'm asking you a particular question. Do you know? Do you know what God has for you? Have you heard him tell you? Have you heard him tell you? Have you heard him tell you? Do, do you know what God has for you? That's something you have to come to understanding. Do you know what God has for you? Has God told you that I will bring you back to this place? Did he tell you something years ago that hasn't been fulfilled and now this resonated this morning and caused something to leap inside of you? Did he give you a promise some time ago that hasn't come to fruition and you've been wondering about it and now all of a sudden you find out that, wait a minute, I've been trying it. I've been doing it. I've been failing. Are you ready to rest in it? Are you ready for God to bring that to fruition in your life? You got good teaching this morning. I'm, you got the overflow of what I've gotten. And I'm just telling you, if, you will, if you'll find a way to stop doing it your way and do it his. That's our problem. We go, we do everything, and then we ask God's blessing on it. See, you wouldn't even have to ask God's blessings on it if you'd done what God asked you to do when he asked you to do it because he'd already blessed it. Listen. Stop taking this time that we set aside on Sundays and Wednesdays as just a church service, would you? Start setting this time aside as a, as a moment of growth and revelation in your life. So that, you can, so that you can tie the word of God to something in your life, to your marriage, to your relationships, to your homes, to your jobs. So you can start living. Oh my gosh. So you can start living what he's already spoken. He's got so much for you. He's, he's willing to be stretched for you. Limb to limb. He done it for you. That's how much he loves you. He don't want you just to go out of this world having what little bit you might have. And he's going, I got so much more for you, Charlie. <laughs> Your better days are ahead. 